chapter number 4, and uh, I want you to find your place there, and we'll bring the message I feel like the Lord's given us liberty today. I appreciate the two good messages that we've already heard, the word from Brother Johnson and the word from Brother Wittenberger. I'm glad this the preacher said this morning, as he was talking about Joshua, as God said to him, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. As that was good for Joshua in that day, that's good for us in this day. And I appreciate the good messages. The Lord could not be hid, and he's not hid today. Well, I need your prayers as we try to labor in this passage of Scripture. And uh, I, I want to go back to Second Kings chapter 4 to give us a little uh, preview of what I want to deal with in Second Kings a little further on. So I want you to bear with me now. I'm going to read quite a bit of verses here from verse number 4 as the Lord would lead us through this passage, make some comments as we browse through here, and then I'm headed for a specific direction that I want to get to. I may be along and putting the tablecloth on the table, and I trust the Lord will put something on the tablecloth that will feed us. But I want to preach, and my emphasis this morning is on this subject, does it really pay to serve God? Does it really pay to serve God? Now look with me tonight, this morning in Second Kings chapter number 4, verse number 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. And she was constrained, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned him thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. Now, I want you to see with me here this morning the perception of this lady, this woman of Shunem, whom the Holy Ghost called in the Word of God. The Bible said she was a great woman. I believe one of the reasons that she was a great woman, she had spiritual perception. She began to perceive that as Elisha came by her house, and passing by on the road that he was traveling, she perceived that he was a holy man of God. And brethren, may we take that to consideration. I don't know what ways she perceived this. Maybe she saw his character. Maybe she saw the way that he dressed. Maybe she heard him pray a prayer. Maybe she heard him preach a message. i tell you what she perceived. She told her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. I doubt very seriously that I'll be remembered as being a great man of God. I'm not even necessarily uh, concerned about being re remembered as a great man of God or a man of renown or any of that. But I'd like to be remembered as a holy man of God. And the Bible said in verse number 10, she said unto her husband, now I like the way this is worded, she said, let us... She didn't tell her husband, well, I'm going to do this, and I don't care what you say. But she said, let us. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. She wanted to make some provision for this man of God. I was reading late last night, and one of the old writers said this about these provisions. He said, in this little chamber there was a bed. He said, this is the place where we may rest from anxiety and fear. I'm glad there's a bed in the Lord Jesus Christ where you and I can lay down and rest from anxiety and fear. Even that there was also a table there. And this old writer said there we can sit and enjoy His grace and His mercy. Aren't you glad that God's got a table spread to where you and I can come? Then there was a stool. One writer said where he could sit low at his feet and enjoy his blessed word. And then there was a candlestick from which the light of his word shines upon all the darkness and our doubts. I'm glad that what, this, what Elisha had from this woman that was provided, we have provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible said here, she wants to make a little chamber. I play thee on the wall these different articles in this little chamber. Verse 11, and it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, 
called this Shunammite, and when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. I perceive here that Elisha was thankful, and he recognized what had been done for him. He had an attitude of gratitude, if you will, from yesterday morning. I'm telling you, he was thankful for what had been done for him, for all this care for with us that you've been doing this care. What is to be done for thee? He's asking Gehazi to ask her this. Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. She has a very humble outlook. She doesn't desire to be spoke to the king. She doesn't desire to have any favors with the, the captain of the host. She said, I just dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie to thy handmaiden. I tell you, she began to get nervous right here. And she said, Oh, man of God, I've watched you and you're a holy man. And please don't lie to me here. Well, she didn't understand. Elisha wasn't lying, friend. He was prophesying about a miracle that's going to take place in her life. And verse 17 said, There's the promise now that's made to her from Elisha. Verse 17, And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. And then in verse number 18, there's a problem that arises. Stay with me now. I'm reading a lot of Scripture, but stay with me. And when the child was grown, does not necessarily mean that the child is 18, 19, 20 years old. I don't believe it implies that at all. I believe the child has grown from being a baby or an infant to just a young child, maybe 8, 9, 10 years old. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that when he went out to his father to the reapers, he, the father, or the young boy said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Well, a lad couldn't carry a 20-year-old boy, could he? A lad couldn't carry a young man, so evidently this little boy was littler than the lad that carried him. And he said unto his father, My head, my head, he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Now just don't read through that so quickly that you miss the emphasis. This is her only child. This is the son of promise. And she's holding that boy in her lap. And the servants brought him, and the boy's crying, Mother, Mother, my head, my head. And some believe that it was a sunstroke. Others believe that he actually had a brain hemorrhage and was suffering from that severe brain hemorrhage. And he's crying, Mother, my head, my head. And the Bible said, that the Bible said he sat on her knees till noon and then died. This mother friend has this little boy laying in her lap, and he dies. Her heart is free and her heart is broken into a million pieces. But the Bible said in verse 21, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. There's so much practical preaching here to be done that she didn't explode. She didn't blame God. She didn't jump out of church. She didn't develop a bitter spirit about this. But she took him up. She laid the little boy on the bed of the man of God. Now, why did she do that? Why? Why did she do that? Well, I believe you can go back to 1 Kings chapter number 18, and you'll remember how Elijah raised the widow woman's son, and you'll find there that Elijah took her out of his hands, the boy that was dead. Elijah went up, laid him on his bed, and then brought him back, resurrected from the dead. And evidently she has heard Elijah preaching about how that Elijah raised that young boy from the dead. And she's following with what she's heard. So she just takes him and lays him on the bed of a man of God. And she shut the door upon him and went out. Now watch her prevailing faith. Verse 22, And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses. Notice her composure. 
Notice how she's reacting, friends. She's not, she's not acting, I mean, so stressful. And, and no, though there was stress in her heart, and no fear, there's fear and anxiety, no doubt about it, but it's not showing here. She's faithful. She's looking in the eyes and through the eyes of faith. She's believing that what God had done through Elijah uh, for another widow woman's boy that God could do for her if it would be His will. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray, that one of the young men, one of the asses, so that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Now he doesn't have any spiritual perception. It doesn't appear to me. Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It's neither new moon nor Sabbath. Uh, and he said, that, And she said, It shall be well. You notice he said, it's not the new moon, it's not the Sabbath, it's not the time we usually go to church. She didn't take time to explain to him the circumstances. She said, honey, I've got to go to the man of God. i just got to go. And so the Bible said in verse 23, the latter part, she said, it shall be well. It shall be well. I like this woman's outlook here. Notice in verse 24, then she saddled an ass. Her husband wouldn't even so much as go get the servant to saddle the ass. She did it herself. She wasn't deterred by anything else, friend. I mean, I'm talking about her prevailing faith. And she saddled one of the asses, the Bible said, and the Scripture said, and said to the servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her fall off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Now watch this. Here's, pers- here's persistent effort too. A prevailing faith and some persistent effort. Run now, I pray thee. Elisha said to Gehazi to meet her and say unto her, Ask her these questions. Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. It is well. I'm going to tell you something, friend. She had no promise that God was going to raise a red-turned dead boy. But irregardless, she could say, It is well. It is well. Verse 27, And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came here to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me. And hath not told me. Then he said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? She said, Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Go up by loins, take my staff in thy hand. Go by way, if thou meet any man, salute him not. If any man salute thee, answer him not again. Lay my staff upon the face of the child. But she was not happy. She was not going to be content with the staff of the prophet carried by another. She wasn't wanting the staff of the prophet. She was wanting the hand of the prophet in her house. And the Bible said here, and someone has said this, that Gehazi carried the staff of the prophet, but he did not carry the spirit of the prophet. Here he goes. Gehazi goes down. And the Bible said in verse number 30, And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he rose and followed her. Persistency here paid off. And Gehazi passed on before them and lay his staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. Here's the prayer of the prophet. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in therefore. And you say, preacher, you see, I believe Elisha is remembering now what Elijah had done. And see, he's heard Elijah before he's taken away. He heard Elijah preach how that God had enabled him and used him to raise that other widow's son. And oh, Elisha's following on pursuit here. He went in therefore and shut the door. Maybe you'd want to develop this several times here. You find shut the door in this chapter. Second Kings 4, you find over in chapter 4, verse number 4, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. And then you find in verse number 21, that As she shut the door upon him, and here in verse 33, you find he went in therefore and shut the door. There must be a ministry here in shutting the door on some things. 
And you develop that and hand me the outline, and we'll take you somewhere and try to preach it and give you 10% of the offering. And he went in there for it, he shut the door upon them twain, and prayed in the Lord. And he went up and he lay upon the child, put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Now, Elisha was not afraid to get involved with this dead child. I mean, he got in there and he got involved, friend. He put his mouth upon his mouth, his hands upon his hands, his body upon his body, and he prayed, and he prayed. Once you see here, the Bible said the flesh of the child waxed warm. Most of us are satisfied when some sinners begin to wax warm toward the things of God. But Elisha was not going to be satisfied with just a warm child. He was seeking life in that child. The Bible said in verse 35, Then he returned, walked in the house to and fro, went up, stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. I mean, Elisha went back up there and done the same thing, and all of a sudden, a choke, seven times. Reminds me of Jonathan. Every time I read that, my little boy gets up, and if he's up 35, 40 minutes, he's going to sneeze at least six or seven times, and we know that he's alive. He made it through the night. And here this child sneezes, and here's the proclamation, and he called Gehazi, verse 36, and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son, and here's the praise of the saint. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground, took up her son, and went out. Now, you, you, you can read that. You've read it over and over and over. And as we read that story, can you imagine that she was good to the man of God? And uh, she's had spiritual perception, perceived that he was a holy man of God. And they made Elisha a little prophet's quarter on the side of the house. Can you imagine when her son died, what the devil and the devils might have whispered in her ear? Here's your reward for being good to the man of God. Here's what you get for going out of your way and doing extra for God's man. But as we come to the end of the story, you find that it paid off. Would you not say that it paid off? It paid off here. It paid off. But now, I stumbled on this here a while back. And I know all of you are you're, you're, you're good Bible students. But I, I tell you, I've read, I don't know, a time or two. I, I've read through the book of the Bible, the Bible, a time or two. And I've read through Second Kings a time or two. But you know what? I lost her right there. As far as I knew, that was the end of the story of the Shunammite woman. And I don't want to put nobody on the spot. Do you remember anyone else? You remember? You, some of you now, you, you've preached some, from some of these. and you, you, Some of you, but I didn't remember. I lost her right there. And I said, hallelujah, that's it. But I want to go a step further this morning. As Paul Harvey would say, I want to preach on the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Now, what we've looked at here is the past story of this Shunammite woman. I wanted to read that background information so you'd know where we are and you'd understand what's going on. We go on through the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 5. You've got Naaman there and, and the healing of that leper. And you find in verse 27 of chapter 5, I did want to pinpoint this. You remember how that when Naaman was going back, healed of the leprosy, and he wanted to give Elisha all of these goods and all of this money. And Elisha said, I'll not take it. I'll not have it. And then you remember how Gehazi, you remember how Gehazi slipped out of the house. And he went down there and he caught Naaman before he got back out of the territory. And he said, Naaman, uh, Elisha sent me down here. Two of the sons of the prophets have come over to the house. And Elisha would like for you to give him uh, some of that stuff that you told him about. And you know what happened? Oh, Eli oh, and, oh, you know the story. Gehazi lied. He put that down at his house and, and rubbed his little greedy hands. And he thought, boy, I've really pulled off one. I've really pulled off one. And you know what the Bible said there at the end, chapter number uh, 5, verse number 27. As you come down through that, uh, Elisha said, Gehazi, where you been? 
Elisha said, Gehazi, where have you been? Oh, he said, I hadn't been nowhere. He said, I'm going to tell you where you've been. You've been down there with Naaman, and you brought back some stuff. And here's what he said in verse 27. For leprosy, Gehazi, therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow. And I still believe that today, if there's any seed of Gehazi living, Within that family lineage, you'll find a leper. Would you agree here? Gehazi was a disqualified servant. He got disqualified, friend. He stepped out of bounds. And Elisha pronounced a curse upon And you'll never read no more. You search your Bible through. You'll never read no more of Gehazi traveling with Elisha. He's disqualified. Okay, stay with me. Chapter number 6, he recovers the lost accent. A lot of good preaching through all of this. But come with me to chapter number 8. Chapter number 8 for the rest of the story. In chapter number 8, Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou, and thy household and sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine. He shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the same of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourn the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry to the king for a house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things Elisha hath done. It came to pass, as he was telling the king, how he'd restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for a house and for a land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field, since the day that she hath left the land, even until now. Now you say, Preacher, what's so important about this? Well, I don't think we're hardly reading it right. I want you to see this morning as we look at this, we've looked at the past story of the Shunammite woman. And we left her back there, and everything was well. Her son had been raised from the dead, and they live happily, not everlasting. They, they have some discomfort. They have some problems that come. And that's what we're at in chapter 8, verse number 1. Not only do you see the past story of the Shunammite woman, but you see the problem that's stated here in chapter 8. The Bible said, Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son had restored to life, saying, Arise, go thou and thy household and sojourn, whithersoever thou canst sojourn. Brother, I tell you all of a sudden, I tell you what seemed to be sunshine and a mountaintop turned into another valley, friend. You've only gone about three years, the best that I can figure it out. Three years have come and gone, and now there's a problem, another problem that's come into her life. As you read this, brother, I tell you, there's a famine. Elisha remembers the Shunammite woman that was good to him. And no doubt there was contact made. And he passed by her house continually. And Elisha got a word from God. There's a famine coming. A seven-year famine. And he went to this woman. And he said, Shunammite woman, you're going to have to go sojourn. Whithersoever you can sojourn. There's a famine. Now hang on to what I'm about to say. What God did in 1 Kings chapter 18 that for that widow woman that when there was a famine and a drought in the land, that God performed a miracle for her. God allowed Elijah to bless the cruise of all and the barrel of meal that it never did run dry all the days of that famine. But here, 2 Kings 8, no miracle. No miracle. No miracle. She's going to have to go sojourn. 
in the land, whithersoever she can sojourn. You don't, don't you know, don't you know she knew about that widow woman over yonder? Don't you know she'd heard Elisha preach about what God had done through Elijah in blessing the widow woman there at Zephyr? Don't you know that? No miracle here. And she's had a miracle. She saw her dead boy raised to life. No miracle here. No miracle. There's a problem. This state. You're going to have to go sojourn, lady. Whether thou can a sojourn. Good day and God bless you. Can you imagine how the enemy began to set down in her heart? Well, you thought that it really paid to serve God when God resurrected your boy. But I tell you now, there's a seven-year famine coming. And where's your God at now? What's going to happen to you now, lady? And by the way, there's no mention of her husband no more in the Scripture. Brother Pink, uh, Arthur W. Pink, and, and uh, some of the others, Alfred Edersheim, many of those men believe that her husband died. There's no mention anymore of it. And the great possibility that she's a widow now. Elisha said, I appreciate all the care that you wrought on me. I've just come to tell you there's a famine coming. There's a problem that's been stated here. You're going to have to go sojourn whether ever you can soldier. There's a prediction of shortage. There's a famine coming for seven years. Seven years! The man of God says, a famine coming. All I know to tell you to do, ma'am, he didn't even tell her where to go sojourn. He said, you go sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. Wherever you can find something, wherever you can get somewhere, you better get there. It's going to be dry pickings around here. You know what the Bible said? I like this. Here's the performance of the saint in verse number 2. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. No argument. No postponing, no bitterness, no wailing, no lamenting, no arguing and blaming God. She just went and did according to the man of God. No wonder the Holy Ghost said she was a great woman. God give us some more mothers like this. God give us some men like this. That will do what the man of God says this Bible says to So she went and. She's going back to her house, Brother Ray. Man, all this is running through her mind. Uh, the Holy Ghost, as it were, I know He didn't descend then and dwell believers, but He came and He went. But I tell you, she'd heard some preaching, and, and part of her was laying hold of that preacher. And then there was another side that was saying, that It's dark, it's gloomy, where's God? How are you going to make it? Seven-year famine? I see her now. So she went and did, according to the man of God. And she went with her household. I mean, she was leaving behind a pretty large estate. Most writers believe that they were a pretty wealthy family to be able to put that prophet's court on the side of their house. Possibility that they might have had a farm, a, a pretty large estate there. And she's going to have to leave every bit of it. Go whithersoever she can so try. There's the performance of the saint. So she went and did. And the Bible said, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines. The Bible said seven years. Where did she have to go, friend? Where did she go? She had to go to enemy territory. The Philistines were the arch enemy of the nation of Israel. They'd just fought a few previous battles before this. And here she is now. She's having to try to find that sustenance and find help and going here and going there. And down in the country, the Philistines, this woman that's been good to the man of God and all of God in God's man is having to labor. Evidently, she might have done laundry. She might have done housework. She might have babysit. I don't know how she made it. But she had to sojourn in the enemy territory seven years. 
Seven years. Now you hear me? Some of us preach seven years. That's just click, click, seven years. Seven years is a long time for you. Seven years is a long, long time. A long time. And when you're in a famine, friend, seven years is not near to eternity. In your mind, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. See you. She gets that boy. And if her husband's alive, whether he's alive or not, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I've read. And she said, I've heard from the man of God. We've got to leave. Famine's coming. If daddy was alive with the lack of spiritual perception he had, he said, don't you see the corn? Don't you see the beans in the garden? Don't you see the tomatoes on the vine? She said, don't you hear me? I have heard from God's man. There's a It did not say she waited till the famine came. It said she arose and went and did according to the word of the man of God. She said, God, got a little family. This boy, maybe servants, maybe her husband if he's alive, and down toward enemy territory they go. How do you think she felt? Can you imagine them, the devils? Can you imagine the warfare that went on in her mind and her soul? Where's God? Where's God? I hear, as it were, that little boy say, Mama, Mama, God raised me from the dead. Mama, God performed a miracle. Mama, I heard Elijah, I heard Elisha preach what Elijah did for the widow and Zarephath. Why won't God make our meal better? And our crews are going off there. Now listen to me. What God has done for others, listen, He can do for you. That doesn't mean He absolutely will do it for you. She said, son, I don't know. All I know is the man of God said, we've got to go soldier. And they went. Do you see that little pilgrimage? Do you see them, the little belongings, whatever they can pack up, take out, and cart off? They're headed down the Philistine territory. The performance of the same. And all she's got is a word from God's man. A word from God's man. But she had a complete word from God's man. He said this famine is seven years. Seven years. You know what I believe she did? I believe, Brother Reno, and I'm, this is highly suppositional, I know. And I know some of you don't believe in suppositional preaching, but you've got to read something in here. I mean, dear God, she's down there seven years. What do you reckon she did? Went down there and sat on a stump and just sat there seven years and went to sleep and woke up uh, like that old dude did. He slept all them years, rip, whatever his name was, Rip Van Winkle or whatever, and come back. It didn't work like that. You've got to read something in here. Seven years went by. I see her taking that little old... Family, that little boy, maybe the daddy, what servants are alive. They go down there in the Philistines. He said, Mama, the little boy said, Mama, you said the Philistines was the enemy of God in Israel. What are we doing down here? She says, Son, we've got a soldier. Whatsoever we can soldier. And they're down there for days and weeks and months and months into years. But you know what I thought about? I thought about that verse. In Proverbs 16, 7, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Evidently, this lady's ways so pleased God that God caused the Philistines to be cut to her. And she found favor in the eyes of the enemy. Can I take in laundry? Can I wash your clothes? Babysit your kids? Can, can I perform household chores? And God began to sustain them. Sustain them. Through the hand of the enemy, as it were. And days turn into weeks, Brother A.J., and weeks into months. And months into years. Every now and then, she goes back in that little old special place back there she's got. And she takes out this thing she's got. And uh, every now and then, she goes in and she looks at it. And she goes... She puts it back up. Gets it out about another seven or eight months later. She puts it up. That little boy said, Mama, what in the name of Jehovah you keep going back in there? What is that thing you got in there you keep going? She said, Son, that's my calendar. 
I've been mocking this calendar. And we've been down here one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, six years, eleven months, and twenty-nine days. Tell everybody we're packing up and we're leaving here. We're leaving here. The Father is over. You say, preacher, how did she know that? Did CNN wire her? Did CNN broadcast it? No, she had a word from the man of God, friend. And the man of God had a word from God. The famine is seven years. And that's over. She said, we can go home. We can go home. I tell you, when these dark days, perilous days, disturbing days, you better get your spiritual candle out and start marking off the days. We're soon going to be going home, friend. This famine, this little land of sorrow, this desert we're traveling through. It's a battle over. It's a battle over. I wish I could express to you what I'm feeling in my soul. Mm. I see some of them for this thing to say, Shunamite lady, you're an honorable lady. You're an honest lady. You've done good work for us. Why don't you buy in the house? Why don't you settle down there with us? Lord, we've been hearing the news and and Israel's got such a famine on, it's devastating everything. She said, I'm just down here to sojourn. I'm just down here to sojourn. Well, lady, she now, she goes in. I, I'm getting, getting this now as it's coming. I see her go into where she's been working. And uh, where she's been babysitting these ladies' kids. And she said, uh, Philistine lady, I thank you for being good to me and letting me babysit your kids. But I can no longer babysit them. She said, well, what's wrong? She said, I'm going home. I'm going home. And she said, well, what are you going home for? What are you going to She said, the famine's over. The famine's over. Hey, I see her now. She's got some inside information. Glory to God and the Lamb forevermore. Church, we've got some inside information. It ain't going to always be like this. No, no, we're going to get to go home for uh, hallelujah. And the Bible said in verse 3, And it came to pass, at the seven years in, didn't say one thing about the famine being over. At the seven years in, the Bible said that the woman returned out of the land. That she hadn't heard anything about the famine being over. She didn't need to. She had a word, a more sure word of prophecy, friends. She had the word of God from God's man. I see that. Hey, you got to get the picture now. This boy's done gold. If he is ten years old, if he was ten when he had that sunstroke, and three years passed from four to chapter eight, he's thirteen. And seven years down yonder in the Philistines, he's twenty. Possibility he might have married. I don't know. I'm just kind of reading the possibility. I don't know. If he did, he might have had a wife and maybe a couple of little toady grandmothers. I don't know. She tells that boy. She said, son, we're leaving. It's over. Now, see, if he is married, he said, honey, I tell you what, pack up, we're leaving. She said, what do you mean we're leaving? He said, I'll tell you one thing about my mama. She knows God, and when she hears from God, she's heard from God, and we are leaving out of here. We're coming out of here. We're getting out of here. And I see him begin to come out. They're headed back. Now, I'm talking about the performance of the saint. And then I come over here, and I... So this, there's the petition of the sojourner. Now watch her, she's coming out, seven years. The devil, no doubt, has bombarded her mind and her thoughts at various times, those fiery arrows of dark have come. But when that comes, she'll try to hold up that shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the word from God was all that she had. And she'd hang on to the truth. Now she's coming back. The Bible said, and she went forth in verse 3, to cry unto the king for a house for her land. You see this now? She returned out of the land of the Philistines. She went forth to cry unto the king for a house and for her land. I mean, it's a long way from down there where she's at, down there in the land of the Philistines, and she's coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back. And as she comes now, and evidently from what we can read here, it indicates that her land had reverted back to the king and his kingdom. 
Uh, maybe through back taxes. Maybe through a foreclosure on a loan. I don't know. Somehow even conversated and she knew that it wouldn't be there. Maybe some uh, uh, listen relatives of some kind had, had slipped in and taken it. I don't know. She went to the king to plead with the king and ask the king, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Here's the petition of the soldier. Now she's coming up through there. Do you see? She's coming up through there. She gets up there to uh, Palace Boulevard. She turns into Palace Street. And she's out there knocking on the door. King! King! I'm the woman from over here in Shunem. I'm the Shunemite woman. King! King! I love you know what was going on behind closed doors as she's making her way toward the king's palace. She had no idea what was going on behind the closed doors. Now, we've seen the petition of the sojourner I want you to see verse 4 and 5, the providence of the sovereign. I want you to see the providential hand of a sovereign, almighty God, friend, in the affairs of human beings. The Bible said in chapter 8, verse 4, And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. Isn't it strange that all of a sudden the king wanted to talk uh, to a rapper? A rapper, mind you. Dear God, it would be something really big if a king wanted to talk to a servant of God. Much less a disqualified servant of God. Much less a leper. He was a leper all the days of his life, friend. Leprosy hadn't left him. He's still a leper. Now you're talking about a sovereign hand of God moving in. That's that old king in the head and said, I want to give you a desire in here. I want you to call for Gehazi. I got a leper. I want you to call and talk to him about the dealings and the miracles of Elisha. And dear God, he did. He called for that leper, that disqualified servant of Elisha. And they're up there having an audience. The king said, I, I, I've got a strange desire. I want you to tell me about some of them miracles of Elisha. Talk to me about it. And the Bible said, and it came to pass, as he was telling, what's this? The king, how he had restored a dead body to life. Elisha, that is. Talking about the dead body of that Shunammite's boy. That behold the woman whose son he had restored to life. Cried to the king for a house and for her land. I mean, simultaneously freeing that. I'd like to talk to a bookie and find out what the odds of this are. That you're talking about astronomical freeing that to come from the land of the Philistines that, and travel up there that, and walk in that, at the same time that this king is listening to Gehazi tell about the miracles of Elisha. And he just happens to be on the miracle of her son being raised from the dead. I like it. You're talking about a big God, friend. You say, preacher, you're making too much of God. I don't believe that's possible. I mean, a big God. He hadn't forgot. Mm, he had not forgot, friend. What is that verse? Hebrews 16, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have sowed toward His name, in that you have ministered and do minister to His saints. God had not forgot her. Seven years He sustained her. And now pay days getting ready to come like never before. I didn't ever see that to just then. He sustained her in the land of the Philistines. Mm -mm. He sustained her in enemy territory. He caused the enemy to be good to her. There it is, brother Aaron. But real rewards didn't come in just they got home. The real rewards didn't come in just they got home. Mm, thank you, Holy Ghost. The providence of the sovereign. She's crying to the king. King! 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 Shinnamite woman! King! Woman from Shinnamite! Oh, king, please hear me! 
He's trying to hear, sir. I'm telling you, here's Elisha. Don't want to miss the word of Elisha. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he's about Elisha. And he said, Hold it. Here's that woman. She comes walking in. And I believe Gehazi's eyeballs got this big around. I can see him. He said, He said, He said, Gehazi said, My Lord, oh King, this is the woman. This is, this is her. You got, I believe he said it about like that too. I believe goosebumps broke out on his leprosy. I believe goosebumps broke out on his leprous arms. He said, great Lord, this is the one. This is her. This is her son whom Elisha restored the life. Hey, I'm talking about does it really pay to serve God? Does it really pay to serve God? Getting ready to come like never before. I didn't ever see that to just then. He sustained her in the land of the Philistines. Mm-mm. He sustained her in enemy territory. He caused the enemy to be good to her. There it is, brother. But real rewards didn't come in just they got home. But real rewards didn't come in just they got home. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The providence of the sovereign. She's crying to the king. King! 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 Shinnamite woman! King! Woman from Shinnamite! Oh, king, please hear me! He's trying to hear, sir. I'm telling you, here's Elisha. Don't want to miss the word of Elisha. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he's about Elisha. And he said, hold it! Here's that woman. She comes walking in. I believe Gehazi's eyeballs got this big around. I can see him. He said, he said, he said, Gehazi said, My Lord, oh King, this is the woman. This is, this is her. You got, I believe he said it about like that too. I believe goosebumps broke out on his leprosy. I believe goosebumps broke out on his leprous arms. He said, Great Lord, this is the one. This is her. This is her son whom Elisha restored the land. Hey, I'm talking about does it really pay to serve God? Does it really pay to serve God? And she got to tell the king herself what God had done. Huh? So the king got to see this pointed unto her a certain, not just any, a certain officer. Said, Restore A double L that was hers. All the fruits of the field since the day that she has left the land even until now. Now you answer me. Do you reckon it pays to serve God? Huh? I know a lot of people are throwing in the towel today and saying, oh, what's the use? And it don't pay off. You mean to tell me this is my reward, cancer? You mean this is my reward, a heart attack? You mean this is my reward? Old age and can't go and do like I used to do. And physic, you mean to tell me this is my reward? We're not home yet. We're not home. I want you to see verse, I start to say verse 7, we in verse 6, we in point 7. The payoff that's sweet. The payoff that's sure and sweet. I tell you, all she is wanting was just to get her land back if it was a possibility. I'd like to have my humble dwelling, I'd like to have the place where I built a little prophet's quarter. But you know what? She got more. She got more. You say, preacher, what kind of payoff did she get? What are you talking about? Does it really pay to serve God? Here's the gist of the message. All that was introduction. 
Number one, it pays off in time to serve God. I said it pays off in time to serve God. I remember Daddy preaching years ago, and other men have made this statement, God's payday is not ever Friday. God's payday is not the end of every two weeks. God's payday is not every month. I've got news for you. God is a sure paymaster, and He will pay off in time. He will. I tell you, years ago I hung my hat on that verse where the Bible said, Them that honor me, I will honor, and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And I found him to be a God of his word. He'll honor them that honor him. He's off in time. You say, preacher, God's got bad timing in my life. He just hadn't paid off yet. That's probably how Mary Martha felt, don't you reckon, in John chapter 11? Sent for Jesus. I can't get off on that. Sent for Jesus. Jesus didn't come. And they had aspirations and hopes and desires and longings and just knew in the heart He would come. This was Lazarus, His friend that was sick and died. But the Lord didn't come. Oh, it got shipwrecked. Martha showed more faith than Mary, the spiritual. Martha ran out and said, Lord, if thou hadst been here, if thou hadst been here, it's almost like she's putting a question mark on God's time. She said, you're four days too late now, boy. Appreciate you showing up, but you're just a little late. Mary wouldn't even come out of the house. She's back at the house of pouting. It's as though Martha went down there and said, Mary, Jesus has come. He's calling for She went out there and said, Lord, if I had been here, my brother had not died. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus never does show up late. He's always on. You tell me which payoff would have been the most blessedness, most blessed joys. To see Lazarus healed of sickness or to see him raised from the dead. There's a payoff. Hey, I tell you, he pays off in time. God pays off. Seven years. Seven years. But it paid off. It paid off to serve the Lord. It paid off in time. It paid off in truth, in truth and knowledge. You see, she'd been good to God's man, honored God, God's man, and, and it paid off in truth. She got some inside information about the famine coming. As you serve the Lord, has, God, has not God every now and then shed some light on your path, give you some truth? True. Do you remember when you first found about this, the truths of the Bible that we take for granted now? The truth that you were saved and saved eternally. And the truth that you're not going to be here in the tribulation. The truth that, that you're the man, I mean, all the, the blessed truths that God has shed on your path as you've walked on with God. It pays in truth. It pays in truth. Just like Brother Allen was talking about this morning, that what a blessed day it was five years ago when God shed some truth on His path. But you can't handle all these things. You can't change all these things. And God's in control. That's a blessed day in my life, for you? Pays off in time. Pays off in truth. It pays off in trust to serve God. Pays off in trust. Evidently, she'd lived such a life before her family. Her family knew that she knew God. And they trusted her to go down to the enemy territory. And then after they'd been down there seven years, she had lived in such a way to influence them that they trusted her when she said, it's over and we're going home. Mamaws, papaws, live for God. Serve God. It pays off in trust. Maybe as you influence those grand youngins, you say, my son's out of church, my daughter's out of church, my grand youngins are not being taken. When you have them, try your best to instill truth in them, and maybe down the road it'll pay off. Moses' mother only had him a few years at the most. She instilled truth in him, truth in him. And as she watched him walking at the marble palace corridors of Pharaoh, she might have thought, it ain't going to pay off, it ain't going to pay off. But hallelujah, time paid off. Paid off. You come a day late and a whole lot of dollars short to tell me it don't pay off to serve God. Truth, time, trust. Pays off in testimony. Testimony. Hallelujah. 
Lucius faithful down yonder in the land of the Philistines to talk about the God of Elisha, the God of Elisha, who raised her boy from the dead. She got to come and testify to a king. To a king. That is often testimony. And I know this is almost taboo in our day. But Brother Reno, I believe it pays off to serve God. It pays off in things. Things. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get a new Cadillac. I'm not saying that you're going to get a new uh, Nissan Maximum. I'm not saying you're going to get you a new uh, Rolls Royce. I'm not saying you're going to win. I'm not saying that. But hey, how can we deny, friend? Surely we won't deny that God does pay off in things. In things. And no reflection on what Brother Johnson was saying. I, I wholeheartedly agree with what he was saying. And the real plain days not to wicked it all. I found God to pay off in things. Amen. When He saved my daughter, when He saved my boy, when He saved my brother, I've seen God pay off in things. Sure, you have too, for him. You've seen God pay off in things. All she's wanting is just her house. Can I get my little house back? You know what she got? The Bible said in verse 6, it paid off for her and things. You read it any way you want to. It was T-H-I-N-G-S. Things, things, things. She got her house back all right. Glory to God, I believe. She might have said, well, what do you think about that devil? You lied to me all them seven years. You told me God had forgot. What do you think about that devil? I've got my house back. But that wasn't all she got back. The Bible said that the King said to that certain officer, said, Restore all that was hers. And all the fruits. I was reading old Alfred Edersheim last night. He said, This suggests that this suggests this restoration came from the royal treasure of the king of the value of the produce or the yield that during all the seven years she has gone, friend. She not only got back her house, she got her back pay of all her crops seven years. Hallelujah what I say. I say, praise God, brother, He ain't going to forget us. He's not going to forget us. Oh, she got that pay. She got severance pay. She got a bonus payment. Since the day she had left the land, even until now. Hallelujah. It pays to serve God. That's God, some of you better say, Man, you live in the best house you've ever lived in. You're wearing the best clothes you've ever wore. You've got a little money in your pocket. I remember a day when some of us, bless God, we couldn't even put a down payment down on a car. We couldn't even, we didn't have enough credit established to go to a finance company. I mean, we didn't have nothing. Nothing. God has been good to us. It pays off in things. I'm telling you, I'm a raven still fly. You hear me? I'm telling you, the ravens still fly. I ain't seen no black-winged buzzards. I ain't seen no black-winged ravens of that nature, but I've seen the ravens fly. If God don't never do nothing else for me, if God don't never bless me one more time, He has been good to this old boy. You hear me? Hallelujah. Through all the storms and heartaches and problems that we all encounter, I have to raise my hands and say, God, it, it pays off. It pays off to serve you. And blessed be God, we ain't home yet. We're not there yet. And when we get to the house, it's going to really pay off. So, lift up your heads. Lift up your hearts. It pays. I admonish you young people in here, some of you young couples, it pays to serve God.
I know what the devil says. He says, if you didn't give the faith promise missions, if you didn't tithe, if you didn't give extra, you would have more. You could do this. But it pays to serve the Lord. Oh, Father, I pray somehow you'd take this little simple message and add your blessings to it.